Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Moonago podcast and today we have a guest that is known to all of us. Straight from the AOTA Foundation, community manager and all around great guy, Antonio. Welcome sir. Welcome, welcome friends, welcome Thomas, thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you here. Yeah, totally, totally. I'm not really prepared for this and the big challenge I always have with podcasts is that people cannot see you, you cannot share images and so the hardest part is really to try to paint pictures with words so I, it will be interesting how far we get today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a little bit nerve-wracking this uh, but as we get talking it just gets better. Uh, that's a fun thing about this. It's not really very prepared anything. We just usually dive into it and go from there. So good results has come for now. And I think this one will be just as good. Uh, so we can just kick off. Uh, if you can tell us a little bit about how you came into IOTA. Sure, sure, sure. It was around 2017. Um, it was uh, those crazy times where uh, thousands of, of projects were popping up and you were trying to figure out uh, what was actually going on. Uh, I remember hearing about IOTA a little earlier, uh, but then uh, did not really have the time to, um, to figure out what it was all about. And then um, since uh, Dominic is from the same region I'm from here in the northern part of Italy, uh, in South Tyrol, I remember reading an article about him. And then I was like, hey, what? Uh, a, a South Tyrolean guy in a crypto project? I have to learn about it. Yeah. <laughs> And so I started uh, digging deeper into IOTA, figuring out how it works, what it does, what the vision was. And um, yeah, that's it, how it actually started. And from then, I really never left the community. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome, though. So um, now when you started in IOTA, you're now a community man manager. And can you explain a little bit about what that means? Sure. Um, of course, there is, uh, let's say, the, the manager part. So of, that means lots of reporting, um, figuring out what works, what doesn't, um, trying to set up uh, real strategies uh, to figure out how to do member retention. So if we talk really hardcore management, uh, that it uh, it's what is all about. So um, the idea is really how to build a community, how to uh, make sure that uh, the community uh, shares knowledge, how to make sure that the knowledge stays within the community, even if the member changes. And it's a broad, uh, it's a broad um, field, actually, because it is really close to humans. And on the other hand, uh, you collect data or try to figure out how to uh, collect information and use it uh, in a, such a way that it is useful to the project and to the community. And this is the ugly part, in my opinion, uh, because it's really the, where you start talking about numbers and members and followers and subscribers. And I must say it is uh, the most challenging part for myself because, of course, I'm really... Uh, privacy and and um, aware what it means to collect information and data and also from our legal team we have many hurdles uh, towards gdpr and what is possible and here is where uh, my preferred part comes into play where i'm uh, as active as a community member as possible um, since i um, we cannot really collect data from Discord or other platforms and fuse them together, I try to be a community member myself and uh, follow the discussions in the different channels on different platforms like Telegram, like Reddit. And it takes a lot of my time. Uh, it makes things a little harder because there are projects out there that just do not really care about privacy and use scrapers and tools that just collect information about their users. And on one hand, um, it might 
let's say it might make my job harder. On the other hand, I prefer it like this because I'm really closer to the community. Um, I have a feeling of the inside jokes. I have a feeling of what's going on, of what people see, of the information that has that is being shared. And um, I also see, for example, if we do a Twitter post, how long it takes to reach people in, in Telegram groups uh, that speak other languages or are native, uh, not non-native English speakers. And so it's actually pretty um, awesome to, to have this overview, um, but it's a challenge by itself. Uh, so this is pretty much um, a broad overview. Um, of course, for me personally, um, being um, a community member myself, or let's say coming myself from the community, for me it's uh, important to figure out paths or ways for community members that have different backgrounds to uh, approach IOTA and to figure out what they can do with IOTA. So I'm focusing on, um, on figuring out, okay, what can we do for developers? What can we do for, uh, for content creators? What can we do for all this different kind of people within the community? And how can we empower them to be part and uh, help us uh, building and extending the community uh, around the globe. Mm. So yeah, you're uh, you have a quite a lot of respects within the community. Uh, you're very active. Um, see you every day, everywhere, every morning. You send a cup of coffee, and everyone uh, really enjoys having you around. Um, I really do as well, uh, because it's you're always there to help out and uh, point us in the right direction. If anyone needs help with anything, you're always there to help them. So I think everyone really appreciates it. Um, but you also said that it could be hard. Um, do you see any IOTA community projects that are being developed that could help you in the daily day? Um, it is, uh, of course, uh, okay, let me start there. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm, I'm really, not good with with compliments so <laughs> um thank you very much i mean it is a real pleasure for myself also being with all the people there um i mean and learning so much from everyone um it is a challenge uh, because of course there are cultural differences uh there are language barriers i mean we all speak english but many of us um are not native English speakers. And so we speak actually our native language in English. And sometimes there's a lot of confusions or uh, misinterpretation of what we say. So that's really a big challenge there. And I, um, I try to be my best self when I'm within the community and I might be a little harsh sometimes. Um, so I, I will uh, now apologize live and <laughs> on the record. <laughs> to everyone um, and I also have my ways of, of putting or putting my information out there really hard and with conviction so um, again feel everyone please feel free to challenge myself to challenge my ideas to challenge what I say because um, it helps me reassess my ideas reassess what I what I know and what I learned um, in regards of the projects out there um, that might help well, uh, if we talk about community engagement and what uh, Holger or Philo has done uh, last in the end of the last year with the DAO pioneers, I have, of course, to talk about uh, Sooniverse, which is uh, bringing together the people that want to collaborate in, the, in these different uh, decentralized organizations or uh, DAOs, as they are called. Uh, since they are doing an awesome and incredible job in making it as easy as possible for everyone to set up um, an organization to start um, decision making and figuring out ways to um, make it really as um, user friendly and as uh, as uh, as a pleasant experience as possible for everyone to organize and to work in a DAO. So uh, hats off to, to Sooniverse for that, mm. totally. And um, 
of course, the big challenge there is actually um, the GDPR. And I mean, the challenge is that you have to keep data safe, that you have to keep uh, data uh, anonymous, and that people have to opt in for you to collect data. So I haven't seen right now any tool that might it make uh, compliance to uh, collect information. What I would really love to see is some kind of uh, DAD enabled, uh, so IOTA, decentralized identity enabled tool where with your DID you collect your own data on Twitter for example and then uh, you say hey um, IOTA community you know what I want to share with you every time that I post a, a tweet where, where I hashtag uh, IOTA and stuff like that so really where the, the user is in the power to say hey for you I'm going to share this information uh, who knows, maybe um, I can get paid in IOTA one day to share information for that, but I haven't seen nothing like that so far. And it would be, I think, a first um, to develop such a um, uh, user-centric and uh, respecting um, platform to collect information about people or to share information about people. Because, I mean, I understand and I completely agree that we hate companies and big conglomerates and corporations collecting our data because what they do is try to sell us their products better, sell us ads, uh, so advertisement better, and just to extract as much money and make as much money as possible with the information that they collect. And that's wrong. Yes, I totally agree. On the other hand, we have open source projects like um, other Web3 um, software, which is being developed or the IOTA protocol itself, uh, which would use such data not to make more money, but probably to make the platforms better, more user-friendly to help people figure out, um, or let's say to help the community managers figure out what is working and what is not, uh, if the information gets out there and is understood. And uh, there is a little bit the challenge where I say, hey, um, GDPR is there to stop Facebook from collecting our data and Facebook has enough money to, um, to put lawyers out there and, and change their systems really quickly and still can collect data about us and do not really... Uh, give a nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And on the other hand, now you have projects like us where we are not really, where it's really hard for us to collect information about people, not to make more money, but really to make it easier for them or to um, make our systems or our uh, Viki, for example, easier to use. So it's, you know, it's this kind of situation where you actually would really love to, to be free to collect data without too many problems. But I totally agree that um, it is important to respect people's privacy and people's information. And uh, opting in um, is a necessity, even though, as I said, big corporations have ways to do it anyway. So, yeah, strange. Uh, it's, I think, a discussion that we might take further on another mm -hmm. interview or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, and as also, as you said, uh, I have to mention that, that, that the soon worse, um, they have done such an incredible job. And I'm really looking forward to having them on the coming to the podcast because I think everyone should be able to learn a little bit more about what a DAO is and what it enables. Because um, I don't think uh, too many people actually understand the potential it has. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so what what's your favorite thing about the IOTA community? Because it, it's such a vast and major community that comes together and everyone is just focusing on helping each other. But like... As, as a community manager, what, what would you say is the best thing about community? Um, I might say actually the people. Um, and yeah, of course, it's it's an easy answer. Yeah, the people. <laughs> but yeah, actually, it's the people. I mean, it's people like you that, um, if I might say out of nowhere, uh, started engaging with, with the community, started engaging with us, and now is 
having their own project going on around what we do and around the people in there. I mean, your interview with Linus, uh, with uh, Tanglesea, with Adamski from Tangle Labs, this is exactly what community is all about. Is And for us as uh, IOTA, I think is, it's the most important part and where I'm trying to focus most is to enable these kind of things. So I absolutely love how... Um, Yes, there is the financial aspect of the IOTA token. Yes, I know. And yes, I understand it. And yes, it is important. Uh, and on the other hand, I really love actually how through this uh, financial tool that is the IOTA token and of course the technology behind it, uh, we have these initiatives popping up and these people um, getting out of their comfort zone, uh, using their time after work or off work uh, to not only sit there and consume, but actually build stuff, actually engage with people, actually building their own self within the IOTA community. And this is, I think, what I really love the most. Mm. And... I mean, uh, again, uh, as I said in the beginning, I was a community member myself. I started um, engaging in Discord. I started my own meetup group here in, in the small city of Bolzano. Um, and I mean, this is the path that I took and I got it so far um, as to join the IOTA Foundation, which is one of the possible paths for people. I mean, uh, if People go on jobs.iota.org. There are enough open positions. Yes, most of them are really highly technical. Uh, some of them are also um, project around project management and uh, corporate culture. So there is um, a lot of um, different positions there. And yes, working for the IOTA Foundation is really great and awesome as it sounds. Um, on the other hand, I... Um, I love when people make things for themselves and um, and start working together and get to know other people. I mean, this is what the internet gave me since the uh, 1998, 99, 2000s, when I started um, surfing the web. It was possible for me from a small city here in Bolzano to actually connect to people around the world from Japan to the US, uh, and to other countries and find people that have a similar mindset, that have similar goals and to put our energy together to do something different, to do something valuable with our time and valuable not only on the financial aspect, but valuable for ourselves that help us grow, that help us um, learn about different point of views, different mindsets. And this is what I... Uh, love the most about the community so uh, of course there are people that are more or less active there are people that are more or less entrepreneurial so it is not for everyone and i completely understand that too um, the good thing is that um, there is so much uh, space there is so uh, there are so many possibilities and if there's something that you would like to do and i'm now of course, calling to action everyone in the community. Um, maybe you're not such an extrovert or outgoing person. Try try me. Get in touch with me. Let's see if there is something that we can do together. Uh, get in touch with other people in, in the channels in Discord. Um, lurk. So read about what's going on. Uh, try to figure out who's who, uh, what they're doing, and try to get out of your comfort zone and engage because there is so there are so many possibilities there is so much potential for growth and for projects to grow out there and um i mean there is also uh, i um, i know that we are restructuring the discord so the, the chain channel name might change but there is also a uh, jobs channel where uh, people can uh, team together and look for work or uh, offer work and i see that for example tangle labs is looking for so many people there to help and contribute to their projects and there's so much going on and um this is just the beginning uh so uh, in the future we will see even more in my opinion and so again this is what i really loved is this um this fertile ground of 
people uh, uh, meeting in a Discord or in different channels around the idea and the vision of IOTA and doing their own stuff and then going over and beyond uh, of what they do usually and trying new things. And I think this is an enrichment uh, for everyone that is doing that, but also for the community itself. Mm, yeah. And uh, I wanted to know if you agree with me because I think the community has grown quite a lot uh, on a short period of time now, um, especially when after Chrysalis came and on the other recent uh, releases that you guys have done. Um, I've seen a quite steep, um, like people have gotten more educated, people, people have gotten more involved, uh, more positive, all that. Do you agree with that? I agree. And uh, let me take a step back and say that we might have done something wrong before. And I will be really frank here. Um, before we actually put uh, Chrysalis out there, we started talking about it, which is actually what we should do. I mean, we should be as IOTA Foundation as transparent as possible. The thing is that um, we were talking about this restructuring of the protocol of rewriting a lot of things. And uh, I might be wrong with the times, but we were around one year talking about things before Chrysalis even came out. And this is where I feel again that we lost a lot of people in the community mm. and i completely understand that um the reason is because i mean developers and builders um they do not like to waste time completely understandable yeah and if you tell them hey uh, start looking into the trinary library for iota but it might change soon without an ETA, <laughs> they just lo lose interest and say, hey, I I'll come back when it's done. Mm. And so this I'll come back when it's done, I think it took 12 months, if not longer. And um, before Chrysalis came out, we had this limbo, this, this time where it was too soon to start building and at the same time too late to start learning because things will change anyway. Mm. And for me, therefore, uh, Chrysalis was some kind of day zero. So for me personally, as a community manager and a community member, Chrysalis was a completely new project. And this is how I am approaching it, where we said, okay, now we have launched Chrysalis. It was April um, last year, 2021. And for me there, we had this uh, day zero where we started again um, bringing IOTA to the people. And, and here's where I, I agree with you and say, yes, of course, we have now grow, uh, grown a, a lot. We have um, builders coming in. Uh, I mean, there are different projects from uh, Tangle Labs with their collaborations with Kami Labs. And then we have, of course, the IOTA bots mm. um, and other, um, the, the IOTA morons. I have to, to, to quote some of them or to talk about yeah. some of them. Um, and um, if you're in, if the people and the listeners want to know more about it, make sure to look at the review preview uh, meetup on YouTube. But the thing is, now we have finally uh, some tools where people can start building. So until Chrysalis, it was, yeah, data transfer and IoT and something, something uh, identity. But it was really not enough, or it was let's say, a really niche idea. So Internet of Things, uh, it's still not in my house in the sense of, or in my mother's house. It's something really industrial. And I think it was a good positioning for, for the kickoff of the uh, IOTA protocol and vision. And now we are slowly moving towards this kind of trust layer. So it's not only about Internet of Things anymore. It's not about only the industry but it is all about creating this base layer for trust mm -hmm. and when we talk about trust it's all about of course it's again still uh, about in industry and internet of things but now we add identity and now with iscp we finally have tools to try out smart contracts 
And with the upcoming assembly, we will have permissionless smart contracts. And finally, we are enabling these builders, these, um, these people out there that are trying to um, uh, bring their ideas into decentralized system uh, from DeFi to um, NFTs, but not only as, um, as, as art, but as tokens that can be used first things and also um, we finally give the possibility for these people to figure out how to do it in a way where you either can make it fee less when you have a permission net um, infrastructure so you know who's participating so you're already investing with your infrastructure there is no need to add fees if we know each other and already putting the servers there to interact with each other but also in a permission less um, infrastructure and environment where you can set the fees and you can decide the fees and not only that you're not only depending on the miners or the stakers or staker pools but you can be also part of the staking pool so you get part of the fees and um, you build infrastructure for your systems. And I think this is really powerful. And this is what is bringing people uh, back, let's say, to IOTA. Of course, we have to deliver. And um, I'd say that it will take still some time. So it's nothing that's going to happen within a month or two. But um, on the other hand, I think we are really trying with IOTA, I mean, the IOTA Foundation members, the researchers, the developers, and all the people involved are really trying to do something completely different from what we have seen so far. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, like, even though there's so many promising projects uh, out there now coming out every day, almost, uh, is, there, is there one project that has really caught the uh, you and the rest of uh, IOTA's eye that really impressed you? Um... So, mm, this is a good question, actually. <laughs> um, so internally, we talk, of course, about a lot of projects. And uh, the, the beauty is that we are almost around 200 people. So there are different point of views, different ways of, of talking about things. So um, one person might find something really cool like uh, mark or mrock mm -hmm. where we are we are more the degens we are more the crypto people so mm -hmm. of course when we see stuff like um, um tangle c tangle swap or or iota bots i mean we finally see the crypto coming back to iota the crypto ecosystem yeah or uh, Lendexe with uh, their landing platform. And so the, this kind of DeFi, Dejan stuff coming to IOTA, this is what really excites us. On the other hand, if you talk to someone maybe like Yele, um, he's all, let's say, um, he finds NFTs debatable. And I understand that mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. And uh, probably finds other projects more interesting, like uh, the proof of concept with the, the Volksbank in, in, in the Netherlands, where we are actually using IOTA tech to make life easier and um, to really use the technology for something useful, which is not some kind of uh, links to uh, JPEGs. And I understand that. Uh, for me personally, um, I am following almost every project out there. Uh, so um, I have stageholders where their idea of how to distribute tokens and how to make their, um, how is it called? Um, based on the number of followers, they're going to distribute people to the uh, tokens to the followers. So this is a really interesting idea. Yeah. I absolutely love Sooniverse and how they are supporting the DAO um, ecosystem around IOTA, mm. uh, the IOTA Morons, because of course, um, yeah, we are all Morons for investing yeah. in IOTA. <laughs> mm. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Uh, the other Dan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then IOTA bots, because um, they not only did the the profile pictures with robots, but also game with NFTs. Uh, so that was also pretty curious to see. 
And of course, they were um, mimicking, uh, a, let's say, a really big international company that makes video games, where I had first portable gaming, um, which was not in color uh, when I was a kid. So it was, of course, um, this kind of um, of childhood memories that were spinning up and saying, hey, this is really cool. Um, but personally speaking, if I talk for myself, something that um, might not have been, um, or let's say it, not many people talk about it, but it is really uh, close to my vision and close to what I would really love to see is Project Elise. Um, or Elise. Oh, mm. I, yeah, no, I'm really bad with names. It's going to be a and which is combining um, a uh, privacy-oriented VR uh, or metaverse uh, infrastructure server, which is uh, Vircadia, with the IOTA technology. So they're combining my, let's say, my, my need for owning the platforms or the data that I use, which will be important uh, in the upcoming uh, metaverse buzzword hype world. But um, if we think about it, owning my own or running my own iota node gives me some kind of control and knowing that my my place where i interact with the people in the metaverse is owned also by myself and there is no big company um extracting the data and recording everything we we do um is is probably uh, underestimated right now but it is a really important thing. So Vircad is doing really something interesting there and unique. And combining that with IOTA, of course, is, is my dream. Um, and so that one project, even if it's uh, a white paper so far, is, uh, has really caught my eye and I'm going to, um, to nerd it out and figure out what they're going to do and how it's going to be and experiment as much as possible. Mm. Yeah, me too. I'm keeping a close eye to everything that's beneath the camera labs, guys. Uh, it's quite a lot of very, like very professional made, um, exciting projects coming in there, just Volks and yeah. So other than that, um, like, do you have any tips towards community members that want to get deeper into the participation of building? So uh, building, of course, uh, takes a, a skill set. Uh, so it takes, of course, it, it requires um, people which are already builders and um, already developers or um, within the field, at least. Mm. For them, my suggestion is, of course, to visit the greatest achievement by our community members, which is the IOTA Wiki, and start from there. Um, there is, in my opinion, nothing wrong in uh, rebuilding some of the Web3 tools that are out there. So if you see something cool out there and you would like to have it in the IOTA ecosystem, of course, as an exercise, it might be a good thing to try to port it over to IOTA. So if we're talking about smart contract-based um, tools, which are built on Ethereum with ICP, they can um, build or have their own ICP running on their computer, trying to port it, figure out what works and what not. And it is still a little early, of course, but in life you have three possibilities. Either you're first, uh, or you're smart, or you cheat. And since nobody likes cheaters, you have either to be really smart or to be the first. And I think that bringing uh, projects from the Web3 ecosystem over to IOTA has uh, two advantages, or maybe more than two, but let's say at least two, which are um, on one hand is um, to actually test ISCP and help us making it better so that then when assembly is ready, uh, a lot of um, projects can already start there. And the other one is that you can actually go back to the Web3 uh, people and projects and say, hey, I really like your project. Um, it is burdened by uh, transaction fees. 
and I tried to port it over to IOTA. And hey, look, uh, I actually was able to do that. And now your project is running on my ICP permissioned chain and it is fee-less. And by doing this, um, you are building bridges to them and telling them that there are other opportunities there out there with other protocols to extend their business case, to extend their project and probably make them curious about IOTA. And so um, let's say building these bridges to show them what is possible to do on IOTA and um, also to show them that their product or their project might have some advantages if running on a different platform than they are already using. Mm. So, um, for example, I took some time before Christmas myself to um, add um, ICP chain to the front end of guild.xyz. Um, guild.xyz is a project from the Web3 where you can give access to Discord based on different parameters, like how many tokens of a kind you hold, um, if we talk about governance tokens for DAOs or if you have a, a certain NFT, or if the NFT you have has certain parameters. And uh, here is where NFTs uh, become interesting because you can use these non-fungible tokens to um, build these discords based on reputation of people. So if you have done, I don't know, uh, contributions to the code, I can send you a certain NFT and with that NFT, you get access to certain channels or uh, to certain discussions. And it is a one way to, um, to rise community engagement because it's not only, yeah, you get a role on Discord, but you actually get an NFT. And this NFT gives you uh, within the ecosystem uh, different, um, different advantages, for example. Mm. And yeah, so for builders, of course, is start small, start with some proof of concepts, um, and from there, um, slowly grow. Um, on the other hand, try to find people that have the same interest in the IOTA Discord or on, the, on Twitter, so that you're not alone. Because you can, if you work uh, with another person on it, you know, motivation, um, you can motivate each other <laughs> a little more. And uh, last but not least, get in touch with the IOTA Foundation members. So we have now um, Kumar uh, or Anistark, which is um, a developer advocate. So he's there actually to support the builders. He's uh, doing the um, Twitch series where he shows how to build smart contracts on ISCP and um, of course, uh, ask questions and feel free to um, to engage with the IOTA Foundation and the members there because every every little error that you find is something that we can straighten out for the people coming after you. And on the other hand, everything that you build uh, brings you experience and reputation within the community. Mm, yeah. And uh, of course, just popping by the uh, official IOTA Discord, there you you guys are always there. And if you're not the IOTA community, there's so much uh, high educated people there that we're able to help you uh, further along until you find what you need. So um, so yeah, that's really worth visiting in there. Um, also, uh, before you, if when you were out searching, um, like. What do you look for in a community project before you bring it in front of the IOTA Foundation? This is a, wow, good questions, actually. <laughs> mm, that's right. Yeah. Um, so from my point of view, of course, I try to um, bring awareness about every project. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm really filtering too much. Uh, even though we have burned our fingers on some projects before, and this is just how life is, of course. Yeah. But um, let's say that right now I am just looking at everything and just bringing awareness uh, to the IOTA Foundation members in our internal Slack, because many of us are still not on Discord or uh, do not really have the time to follow or the discussions there. Yeah. 
and there's so much going on uh which take would take most of people's time to just follow the project on the other hand um it is also hard for us uh, to endorse every project uh because i mean i mean it's still crypto so of course um it is really difficult to say hey look at that project and then it becomes a scam or rug pull it happened mm. before it will happen in the future uh but it's really hard for us so um what we are trying uh, what we are going to try actually and this is what we um talked about in a meeting right uh four hours ago actually is we would like to enable all these projects um, to come to the Discord and announce updates uh, about their projects in, in our Discord. And if their announcement, if their uh, update on, um, on their roadmap of, or whatever communication they want to share with the community gets enough reactions uh, of a certain kind in this Discord, well, then our communications team will pick that up and probably uh, retweet it over the IOTA um, Twitter channel, which has, I think, 250,000 people, so a quarter million people yeah. uh, that we can reach. And it is a challenge, you know, it is, um, we would really love to give everyone a platform to reach our community members. Since it's crypto, we have to be careful because it might be a scam or rug pull yeah. and we would not know it in the short term. So that's also a big challenge there. Um, and still, we would like uh, to give every, every project a platform uh, to... Uh, to, to be to be seen at least and we also understand that sometimes you start an initiative a small project uh you are highly motivated it works for six months one year and then something comes in between and then the project just dies and after one year then people come back on the discord and say hey what's going on with that project which was using iota what's going on with the other project which is using iota oh Maybe Yoto was not good enough, but you know the thing is, um, all these projects are trying something, are exploring the blockchain or crypto space, and so of course the idea might sound good. You can you might start building, and then you have one hurdle, or maybe you have personal issues or any other thing, and a project might just die, or maybe it was just a proof of concept, and uh, mm. I just wanted to see if it works, and then it stops there. So um, there are some different, there is a list of challenges there, which makes it hard for us to just endorse everyone or say, hey, let's just retweet and everything and anything uh, that comes up. So um, yeah, uh, it's hard to find a balance, but we're going to try different things there. Um, and of course, I mean, if, um, if a project is live or alive for some months and if uh, they are um, already really well known uh, by the community or there is a high mm. engagement already and um, we will try to push it uh, of course through our channels or even uh, within our partners if it's added value to them um, and again, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a really quickly moving space, and sometimes a good idea now is not a, such a good idea in six months. So yeah, yeah, we we're doing our best there. Yeah, well, I like the idea that if it gets uh, a certain level of represent, uh, reputation, then you will start pushing it from the official IOTA channels as well. Um, so I got a question for you. Um, you are an early adopter of VR, aren't you? So do you see IOTA playing a role there? And if so, what would it be? I am an early adopter of VR. I actually have some goggles from 2008 or 2009, um, which were uh, actually one of my uh, best friend's uh, device. Mm. And I was, how can I say it? All right. Um, I come from this little city here in, in, in the mountains um, and I'm 
looking like a, um, uh, an Italian from the south, so a little darker skin. Um, and I'm here in, in South Tyrol, where um, the, the region, all right, there's a little history around World War One and Two, and Italian and German speaking. And let's summarize it really quickly, where I can say that I just always felt out of place. So, <laughs> given this, um, the internet was actually a turning point because I, it, it did not care uh, what language I spoke. It did not care where I was from. Uh, my ideas and my um, and my 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 myself, my I, my my ghost, if we might uh, quote "ghost in the shell," was mm. the most important part. So we had a platform where. I was a nickname and my contribution to the discussion was what made me me and not how I look like. And now with uh, the pandemic and with the limitations for the people to, to go out of the house and to meet other people, uh, VR or this, this kind of, of space is a surrogate for, for um, human interaction where it's not only uh, a text on, on, uh, on, on a screen, but where you can move, where you can approach, where you can um, express yourself um, with an avatar, which again can uh, re reflect your personal self, uh, mm. which you feel, which you um, are, and not just your biological self. And so, yes, uh, VR and this whole metaverse stuff, um, some people say is alienating or is making us less human. On the other hand, it gives humans uh, a certain degree of freedom and experimentation, which the real world with its physical limits cannot do. So there are, of course, good ways and bad ways to use VR. Yeah. So going back to coming back to to your question um how i see iota there well there are different points um the first one i see the use of digital identity to connect my real life with my virtual life so i could actually have one identity that i can use on different decentralized platforms or on different platforms in a decentralized way but having just one identity uh, to do everything that I want and to connect on, uh, on, in different worlds and uh, with different people. And uh, also in real life, if I uh, connect something to my identity, maybe I can use a digital representation of, of that thing again in, in VR or in this augmented reality space. So there are some interesting uh, points there. Of course, the uh, going back to the um, NFTs, so the non-fungible tokens, I could um, collect, um, I could go to meetups, real life meetups where I actually meet people, get my badge for being present there and then bringing that back into my virtual world so that I can meet people or um, again, get access to specific servers with specific people with a certain mindset to discuss about really specific topics because I was there in real life, but now I'm meeting them in VR because of restrictions or because of, of um, travel limitations or just because sometimes it's really easier to sit at home instead of traveling on the other world, on the other side of the world. So there is a part where I see that um, the Web3 in general, but of course, IOTA with its uh, advantages might play a really interesting part in that. Um, and I mean, tracking of information in such a way that only the interested parties uh, get access. So for example, knowing uh, where I am in VR, uh, but only uh, those people that should um, so protecting my information with uh, encryption is really interesting. Last but not least, uh, financial transactions. So why not um, why not going through some kind of uh, VR or augmented reality um, shopping center with my wife, choosing stuff in VR, purchasing the digital version of it, and receiving it then in uh, in physical form at home after using the IOTA token or some kind of 
uh, token based on IoT technology. So there are some, let's say, um, points where I see that IOTA could really fit uh, this kind of space in the future. Hmm. That'd be cool, though. <laughs> really cool to have that, actually. Um, so yeah. we've come to my last question. Uh, this question is from my fellow Norwegian in the game, uh, Phantom3D. Uh, he wanted to know, like, how did you enter crypto and what's your thought about what Bitcoin has become? Oh, really good question also. And Phantom, um, I really appreciate everything you do within the community. I want to say it live and I hope this is recorded mm. because um, he's one of the most engaged members that I remember. And I'm really glad that he's with us. And also, thank you again for this question. So how I got into crypto? Well, it was around 2010, 2011. It was a strange period of my of my time. I was um, uh, I was following uh, stuff like WikiLeaks. I was figuring out how the Onion router, a router or a Tor, works. All this kind of uh, deep web stuff, um, I2P and other uh, Freenet. I think is another technology. So I was trying to understand uh, what is beyond this internet that um, has become a playground for corporations. I also have to say that um, I'm an early explorer of the internet. So I learned HTML uh, when I was around 17, 18, uh, because it was the first approach to the internet. I remember downloading mp3s from japanese ftp servers uh back in the day at three kilobit per second so uh, i always love to explore stuff and um i was all in this kind of of conspiracy theory stuff where i was trying to figure out uh, what's what are the patterns behind that? What are the thoughts behind that? Of course, then uh, we had um, uh, Reddit forums and uh, subreddits that I was following. So, at a certain point, Bitcoin came up. Uh, this this kind of uh, internet magic money, and I was like, Hey, what what the hell is this now? Um, and it was crazy because you know there were some cyber uh, cypherpunks. Uh, putting these ideas together of this mm, money, of these tokens, of these bitcoins that you could exchange without any banks. And it was curious to me. It was uh, something new. And of course, there was the whole idea of Satoshi Nakamoto with uh, the message encrypted in the Genesis block. Um, and so I was, and again, coming back to the conspiracies and it was really, you know, I'm just a curious guy and I, I really love to explore uh, the different um, aspects of, of life and of technology. Mm. And this is how I got to know Bitcoin. Um, I re registered on Bitcoin Talk. Um, I made myself a guide uh, how to use um uh, Bitcoin Armory wallet. I think it still exists, but it's not used anymore, where I could have a cold wallet in an air-gapped Raspberry Pi somewhere with a, uh, a Tails live uh, ESO, live Linux um, distribution. Tails is a specific distribution for privacy-oriented uh, um, Tor, so onion routing and uh, connections which uh, forgets everything if you just disconnect it yeah it was crazy times uh, again as i said so um <laughs> it was um there when i discovered bitcoin um i tried to figure out how it works i tried to uh i set up myself a miner uh with the first wallet i purchased some bitcoins using second life so Second Life, it was one of the first experiments of, um, if we can call it VR. So you had this uh, three-dimensional world where you had these avatars, you could buy land um, and you could build stuff. And I remember companies uh, buying land and, and building their own uh, headquarters in Second Life. And it was all over the news. 
and there you had this ATM machine where you uh, where you sent in Linden dollars, and then you got to Virbox, which was an Austrian exchange, and I could exchange Linden dollars for bitcoins, and they were around three dollars or five dollars at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was not yeah totally insane if you think about it. And then I tried to use this Bitcoin. So there was a service where you could buy on Amazon um, through their service by using Bitcoins. I purchased some ASIC miners, which uh, gave you, I think, 333 mega hash or something like that per uh, per miner. And I spent too many Bitcoins on those and on that stuff and now never got my return of investment on that. Um, I used uh, the Mycelium wallet um, also to exchange Bitcoins in real life because it has some, it had, I don't know if it still has it, but you could really offer and purchase Bitcoins uh, through Mycelium. And I met some guys here in South Tyrol uh, because of that. Um, and yeah, um, it was a really interesting journey. Um, of course, I burned some Bitcoins in some ICOs and mm. other scammy stuff. But, you know, that's just how you learn about yeah. crypto. <laughs> and what it became, uh, this is the best part. This is the, it became, in my opinion, uh, what the internet became. Um, I remember the first days of the internet where it was this kind of, uh, of open land of opportunities where everyone set up their server, everyone set up their own website. Uh, everyone was trying to, to position themselves in this wild west and do the best with it. Of course, uh, not only the best, but also other th stuff, but most important part was for people to connect, interact, uh, share knowledge, uh, build stuff, which would not, which was not possible before. And with Bitcoin, I see a similar thing. So you have these, these cypherpunks, these cryptopunks, these crazy uh, revolutionary free thinkers that discovered this technology that open it up to the people and the first ones are like-minded people. So they try to do the best out of it. And then what usually happens is that there is a market opportunity for someone. And uh, I mean, the idea behind Bitcoin was to cut out the middleman and now exchanges are the most powerful middleman in the, in the crypto space with their trading bots and their wash tradings and all this kind of stuff where you say uh, all right we lost the technology again to greed or yeah. to to power you know and this is where i see the crypto space a little bit right now it has become a playing field for greed uh, for greedy people um and so it might burst uh, one way or the other and then from the ashes of that kind of crash or burst. And I'm not talking about market crashes, but, but this kind of, of dot-com bubble where mm. the market is saturated and something has to happen. And uh, some people call it the flipping where Ethereum might uh, flip Bitcoin and actually it might happen. Um, I'm not giving any kind of financial advice here, but it might happen. There are so many things that might and will hopefully happen because even within the revolutionary idea of Bitcoin and blockchain, other revolutions have to happen for a change uh, to come. Yeah. And it's so, it's... yeah, please, please. No, I was just uh, about to say that it's time that the technology actually start being pushed instead of the values, the greed. And yeah and it was in the beginning but of course i mean there are opportunities it's a wild west and it is around mon money and and financial value and so it's understandable that uh for people to be free thinkers they need freedom from the acro system and right now you have to have money because if you cannot self-sustain uh, yourself or your family well, you cannot have the luxury to actually think freely. 
And this is where I think the Ethereum ecosystem is really powerful because also Ethereum started with nothing. Um, and I was there, uh, but I didn't ever uh, believe in it or I didn't really like it. So it's uh, it, my personal decision, but they enabled an entire ecosystem of developers, of revolutionaries to become free thinkers. And they are now detached from the system. They have now a financial security, let's say, um, uh, or safety. And they can now start thinking about stuff uh, which is out of the standards. And this is where, for example, DAOs can come into play and these ideas of public funding and all these ideas uh, which the Web3 is actually developing. And uh, this is what I like. So, of course, you need money because this is where we live in our actual system. And so making money is a priority, but we are slowly seeing this shift um, in the ecosystem where people that made money now have the time to freely build and think. And this is what is really exciting to me. And this is what I really would love to see moving towards uh, the IOTA ecosystem. And it will take time. Um, I hope really to see that coming also to our ecosystem where people will have more free time to think and to build and to exchange ideas because they are not more uh, any more burdened by the um, um, social and uh, economical structure we are living in. And yeah, it's maybe naive, it's maybe um, uh, idealistic or utopian, but it's what I, what I envision as, as a really interesting future for, for our ecosystem. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. And hopefully we'll start seeing, um, well, we have already seen signs that we're moving in the right direction. Uh, but as you said, it will take time. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But all in all, um, we have been uh, we just passed the hour now. Uh, it's been a great success to have you here. Uh, been very educational for me, and I think it will be to all of those that listen as well. Uh, so I would thank you very much for joining us uh, for the podcast, and I'm really looking forward to having you back here someday. Uh, from my side, it was a real pleasure to be here. It is always a pleasure uh, to be able to talk about what I do and what the ecosystem does. So thank you again for launching this initiative and the Monaco podcast. Um, today, uh, or the day of the recording, I see that you have broken the top 10 in Germany of the technological mm. podcast. So hats off and lots of respect from my side. Thank you. And I hope that we will have even more and more interesting um, um, participants and uh, guests to your podcast. So congratulations. Yeah. And a lot thank of you very, very exciting guests is already lined up. Uh, a couple is already recorded. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this uh, to grow. And um, I hope people appreciate the information they're able to get from it. All in all, very good. Thank you again, Antonio. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks again. See you. Bye-bye.